Hello, welcome to Helen Talks Who. I'm Helen and today I'm talking about the name of the Doctor. Now, although this is the series finale, it it doesn't feel like a series finale. Not when you're doing a rewatch anyway. Um, obviously at the time this was broadcast in May and the next episode was going to be at the end of November with the anniversary episode. So obviously at the time it was a series finale because we knew that, you know, it was going to be another six months until we saw any more Doctor Who. But watching it on a rewatch where you know that the next episode you're going into is the anniversary, it 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 feels more like a prelude to the 50th. Um and this really gives um this story a, a scale to it um that goes beyond kind of even beyond normal series finales um and that starts right from the opening scene on Gallifrey where we have we actually see the doctor stealing the TARDIS um and then we have the scenes with the Clara echoes um being sort of interwoven in that kind of archive footage I'll tell you what, every single time I watch this episode, I forget about the opening scene. Every time. Um, I don't know where I think it starts, um, but I always forget about that scene. Um, and yeah, Name of the Doctor, Day of the Doctor and, and Time of the Doctor. Those three episodes are absolutely a trilogy. Um... So yeah, the opening scene makes it obvious that this is the beginning of the anniversary, you know, with the kisses to the past. But it is also the beginning of the end for the 11th Doctor. Um, and we haven't had the sense yet, this series, that the 11th Doctor is getting to the end. It's only in this episode that we start to get that vibe with the Doctor talking about Trendelaw and his grave. Um, but even that doesn't, well, this is the thing. Um, so I watched this episode, I, I went through my notes and, um, I then went and looked back at my diary entry from the time and I did write a fair amount. So I am going to share some of that with you, but I flicked ahead in my diary and found that actually when this was broadcast, we didn't know Matt Smith was leaving. This was broadcast on the 18th of May 2013 and the announcement that Matt Smith was going to leave at, in the Christmas episode was on the 1st of June, so two weeks later. Um, and we knew at that point that uh, Jenna was continuing for Series 8. Um, this is about the time when I start to get confused about what overall number the series is which you might have noticed that I've started referring to them by their year rather than their series number um but the point is we knew that Jenna was going to continue and we knew that the doctor um the 11th doctor was uh coming to the end um but we didn't know that when this was broadcast um which is interesting it kind of makes sense because you don't want to announce that the doctor is leaving partway through a series unless it's his last series um but yeah um yeah so 
we can see the themes developing that suggest that Eleven's coming to the end, but I don't know how much of that is with hindsight. But we can certainly, we certainly saw at the time and, and can see on the rewatch that it's, you know, propelling us straight into the anniversary. And the, um, the big thing with that, of course, is the reveal of John Hurt and the War Doctor at the end of the episode. Um, now, again, it's interesting when I'm watching these kind of things to look at what I thought of these kind of twists at the time um, and didn't know about didn't know about it before the episode but certainly after the episode um i was theorizing you know who john hurt was playing because all it says is john hurt as the doctor it doesn't give more detail than that um and i did actually get this one right um i know i talked a lot in amy and rory Zera about not getting the twists and stuff but um yeah i did get this one right um and realized that it was the time war doctor um i think the um the costuming of um john hurt helps with that one you know his costume is quite you can see how he goes from that costume to the ninth doctor's costume um and just what the doctor says about the war doctor like it very much comes across of like that he's trying to distance himself from from this incarnation and we know that the big thing that the doctor's done that has yeah been a major driver of his last three incarnations is what happened in the time war so um it sort of it was you know quite easy to theorize that we were going to get a missing piece of the time war story um, of course, that doesn't that didn't make me less excited for the anniversary because although, you know, it's a big hint that we're gonna he- hear more about the time war. It the how of it was not obvious. Um, and and the how of it is is kind of part of the thrill of of the day of the Doctor. I think. Um, I did have two backup theories at the time. Um, which I, you know, thought were way less likely, but, um, but I did still write them down of, um, this maybe being the Doctor prior to leaving Gallifrey. Don't know how I thought that might work, but that was a theory. Um, or him being the Valyard, particularly as Simeon references the Valyard in, in this episode, but obviously it being the Valyard, I didn't know that, like, why would Eleven know of him if, if, because that's a future version, um, but yeah, so that's, that's a very exciting cliffhanger for the, for the episode to end on, um, and it did keep us, did keep us going for six months while we waited for the anniversary, um, yeah, now um <laughs> i have i have some miscellaneous points um i have some miscellaneous points that i made a note of during the episode that i'd like to talk about um and then once i've gone through those miscellaneous points i will talk about river because i have a lot to say about river in this episode um 
Okay, so miscellaneous point number one. Um, Matt Smith does emotional acting very well in this episode. The scene um, when he's at Clara's house and he's realising about um, about his grave and Trenzalore and he's like sat on the sofa and, and Clara turns around and suddenly sees him being very emotional. That's a lovely scene. Um, yeah, it's a lovely scene. It's good to see the Doctor's mask crack sometimes um and obviously it's very appropriate over the next three episodes that 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 we see that from the 11th doctor you know he's dealing with some big stuff in the next three episodes um there's also there's also a couple of nice um little moments here that kind of show us why even though the doctor is so emotional about this he he is doing it anyway um there's a scene where he says that he has to save Bastra and the others and he says you know that they helped him when he was um well when he when he was depressed as I discussed in the snowman episode um and there's and in that same scene, there's a little smile that he gives. Um, he, he says to Clara, no point telling you this is too dangerous. And Clara just goes, none at all. And he just gives this little smile that's like, ah, oh, I don't know. It's just like, 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 oh yeah, that's my companion. That's my best friend. Like. Of, of course she's going to come with me. Like, I am going after my friends. My friend is coming after me. And, yeah, it's just a lovely little moment. Um, We also get some of the... the we get one loose thread tied up here. Well, we get more than one loose thread tied up here. But the one I'm thinking of is um the... I had a question after Journey to the Centre of the TARDIS. I wasn't sure whether the Doctor remembered that episode or not. Because um, it left a little bit ambiguous at the end of the episode there. Um, and there's, there's still a little bit of ambiguity here. But I think that this episode does confirm that the Doctor remembers that story. So you have the moment when... He and Clara are climbing through the TARDIS and Clara's memories start to get reawakened and the Doctor seems to know what's already what's going on, um, which to me makes it seem like he already remembered that episode and so he is explaining it to Clara. It doesn't look like... like So the other expl explanation could be that his memories are getting reawakened at the same time because of the, uh, because of the TARDIS. Um, but I think if that was the case, he would be slightly more disoriented. So yeah, I think this does confirm that he he did remember Journey to the Centre of the TARDIS all along. Um, yeah, sorry, bunch of miscellaneous points here. Because the next thing I'm going to jump to is, um, or rather jump back to, is the 
so this episode the way the doctor is drawn into this episode is we have i mean it's not a prophecy but it kind of is we have another kind of misinterpreted prophecy that vastra picks up and and decides that the doctor needs to know about um where this idea of the the prisoner saying the doctor has a secret he will take to his grave it is discovered and the prisoner means that the grave is discovered not the secret is discovered it's slightly clunky english i think i i think saying the doctor has a secret he will take to his grave it is discovered generally in english that would imply you are talking about the secret i'm just trying to think how would i say it if i was to say the doctor has a secret he will take to his grave and it is discovered like and the grave is discovered suppose if it's not two sentences i'm treating it like two sentences because that's what the subtitles said the subtitles had it as two sentences but as we've as as i've talked about already sub subtitles are not always the greatest uh the greatest source yeah if it's all one sentence then saying the doctor has a secret he shall take to his grave and it is discovered yeah that that it could be the grave yeah if it if it's one sentence it's it's less clunky english um but yeah the subtitles had it in two sentences um but yes it's a it's a kind of lovely misinterpreted prophecy which i've already said i love um but the thing i find interesting about it here is that river figures out that it's a misinterpreted prophecy and i just love the fact that that kind of for me links to her being an archaeologist um because it's um yes it's a misinterpreted prophecy but there's also an element of like almost translation um so yeah river's like using her archaeology skills there which we don't see that often um and and i do love um yeah i would love to see river using her archaeology skills more often i have just listened to sorry this is a bit of a tangent but i have just listened to the big finish 10th doctor and river um they're the set of three stories they made in 2020 um and I've, I've just listened to those this weekend um and she does um in in two of those stories at least she does kind of use her archaeology skills a bit more um or certainly like i don't know you see her yeah playing about with 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 setting up adventures and almost almost playing the more doctorish role in in what she's doing in like setting up setting up the chess pieces um so yeah you see more of the archaeologist adventurer side to her um so i was yeah quite pleased to be like oh yeah she's using that here as well um i like that um couple more plot notes so 
watching this on a rewatch, we now know what happens at Trendelaw. Um, and we know that the Doctor doesn't die there. Um, and we also... Some of the details of, like, what we see in this episode don't quite match up with the Christmas Trendelaw stuff. Um, so, yeah. Given that the Doctor doesn't die at Trendelaw in Time of the Doctor... What is it that they're actually visiting here? Like, it might well be the same planet. But, like, it's n- it's not his grave from his death at Trendelaw. Because he's not going to die there. Um, and also, like, yes, the story of Trendelaw and Christmas is a story of fighting and defending a place but it's not it's not a battlefield in the same way that we see here so I think there's three options for what they're visiting here option one it's some kind of decoy option two this is his actual future grave from way in the future did I just say option three instead of option two? Possibly. I'm not sure. I will I will figure it out when I proof lesson. Anyway, third option um, is, is this a jump time track situation? So let's go through these. Um, so a decoy grave. I think this is possibly the most likely theory. Um... Especially because, so here the tomb needs his name to be opened. And that's going to be the crux of the Trendelaw stuff, is this idea of the Doctor's name unlocking something. Um, so yeah, I think a decoy to sort of like make sure there's no paradoxes to to get rid of Simeon, kind of. Um, yeah, a decoy that... Probably the Doctor has set up. I think that's quite likely. Um, second option, that it is his actual future grave from way in the future. Um, this is also possible, although given that that is way, way in the future, um, it, I don't know, it feels like the Doctor would have moved on by that point and wouldn't put his grave back on Trendelaw. Um and also like the TARDIS here is it's the TARDIS that the eleventh Doctor has, you know, it's the eleventh Doctor's console console room. Um he Oh no, he's not about to change his console room. Well, does the twelfth Doctor have a slightly different console room? Possibly. Um Yeah, I, f- I feel like, also, not being funny, I feel like the Doctor might forget to set up his, his that his future grave has to be back on Trendelaw. I, I think the Doctor's quite liable to forget that stuff. Um, so, yeah, I'm not sure about that theory. And then the third theory is, yeah, is this a jump time track situation where... Trendelaw was gonna be like this 
Um, and then actually the Doctor ends up making different choices in Time of the Doctor and therefore we don't have it. Um, I think if Trendelaw was further in the future for the Doctor, so further in his personal future, I think that theory would be okay. But I think because... Because the Doctor is nearly at Trendelaw, um, I don't know, it seems a bit weird that that it would be a kind of jump time track situation where there are two possible futures. Uh, so yes, I think I lean towards this being a decoy. Um, it still has the elements of, um, of like, the theory of it being his actual future grave uh, in that he knows they need to be here and it need to look like this but um yeah i think i think it's a decoy it does mean cuz obviously um the doctor you have the uh the time scar in the TARDIS, that could be hard to fake. Um, yeah, that could be hard to fake. So he says that, like, you should never go to your grave if you're a time traveller. Um, and part of the reason is because there is future stuff there as well. But if it's a decoy that he set up a little bit in the future, then there's still going to be future stuff there. Um... So maybe the future Doctor chose what is in there well enough that um, that it wouldn't be too dangerous, but would also have the right amount of danger to be convincing, if that makes sense. Um, but then could he choose that? Like, because... Simeon and Clara and then the Doctor, they all jump into the Doctor's actual time stream. So clearly those those um that, that scar is is his actual time stream. Um yeah. Again, this is one of these things where it didn't bother me while watching the episode. You know, I wasn't sat here going, Well, this doesn't make sense. It's only when I start to think about it a little bit harder that it's like Yes, what actually is this? Because it doesn't match up to what we're going to see in the Christmas episode. Um, yeah. Final plot note. Simeon. The Great Intelligence. You know what? I mean, I love seeing a villain be a villain. And we have this with Simeon here. I love the pettiness and dramatics of his plan this idea that he is so angry with the doctor that he is gonna get his ultimate revenge and sacrifice himself in the uh in, in the process of doing so but yeah this ultimate revenge of not only am i going to kill you i am going to make sure your life is an abject failure. I am going to go back through your time stream and make sure that 
every time you won, you actually lost. Like, yeah, the pettiness of that. Uh, <laughs> um, and you also have this really nice um, kind of resonance with the fact that Clara then makes the same sacrifice of jumping into the time stream completely selflessly to save the Doctor and undo what Simeon has done. Um, and I think my diary at the time summarises it really well, so I'm going to share this with you. Um, I wrote, Clara, she's the girl who saved the Doctor. She wasn't a trap, she wasn't a weapon, simply a paradox. A remarkable, perfectly ordinary girl who saved the world. And isn't that the mission statement of any companion? Um, yeah, it's great. It's great. And it would have been satisfying, I think, if that, if, if, if this was her only series. I think it would, that would still have been, um, satisfying. I'm glad we get more of Clara because I feel like we get more of, of her character and she's able to be more, uh, more of, of her own character rather than just this sort of, like, companion who's a mystery. Um, so I'm glad she continues, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's a lovely, it's a lovely little arc for her, this series. Um, yeah. Okay, River. So I know she's not a massive part of the story, like, she's, she's not a massive part of the plot, she's sort of along for the ride in this episode. Um, however, I want to talk about her because I love River and because this is an important moment in River's story, if we're imagining it from her perspective. And we have a post-library River song, which I remember being a bit apprehensive about at the time, um, just because Silence in the Library is such a definitive end for River that, it, you know, it was one of those things that could have been easily weakened by seeing River post-library, particularly because I know I talked in, in the library episode, um, I talked about the fact that some of the specifics of River's ending don't quite gel with what we then find out about her. Um, however, this, this really works. So this doesn't undo silence in the library, which would have been unsatisfying for a different reason, but it does mean that the silence in the library ending is, is much more satisfying. It's a much more satisfying afterlife for River because it shows that she's still able to interact with the world. She's still able to have adventures. Um, yeah, it's great. I love the implication that Bastra and River have the occasional adventure. Um, I don't know whether that's River consulting on Bastra and Jenny's adventures. If they, you know, um, bring evidence into the conference call and go, what do you think about such and such and, 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 and X, Y, Z? Um, or whether they just all hang out in the conference call from time to time. I'm probably gonna, I'm probably gonna go with both in my head canon. Um... But yeah, I like that, I've said this before, I like when companions have relationships outside of the Doctor. Um, and yeah, so with that, we kind of have companions meeting again. Kind of. 
I know river isn't exactly a companion, but you know what I mean. So this is the first time that River's meeting Clara, um, and obviously the first time that Clara's meeting River. Um, and that does make sense in terms of what we know, because I get the implication that Eleven, where he is in this episode, he has done all of his River adventures, is the implication I get. I don't think... I don't think Angel Take Manhattan was necessarily his last adventure with River, but I think by the time he's got to this point with Clara, he's um he's he's done all of his River adventures other than this one. Um, there is uh, there is the alternative theory that he's just keeping his River adventures separate from his Clara adventures, which would make sense because we saw there was an element of that when he was travelling with Amy and Rory where he would have adventures with River without them. Um, However, from the emotion that the Doctor displays in this episode, I, I, I think it's the former. I think this is... I think it's been a while since he's had an adventure with River and I don't think he's going to get any more. Um... Yeah. So River asks Clara if the Doctor has mentioned her, which we've seen before is a very common thing for a a past companion to ask the current companion. Um, Well, she doesn't exactly ask Clara if the Doctor has mentioned her. She, She just presumes that Clara should already be familiar with River. Clara's response is, oh yeah, of course, Professor Song, yeah, I know you, quickly followed by, I didn't realise you were a woman, which is interesting, because this kind of gives the, the river learns that, yes, the Doctor has mentioned her, probably never shuts up about her, but the Doctor hasn't mentioned their relationship to Clara. Which which makes sense with how emotionally stunted the 11th Doctor often is. Um, and also makes sense with, you know, the key theme from later in this episode, which I will go into in a lot more depth. Um, yeah, so um, the... Interesting comparison to make here, of course, is the previous companion meetings that we've seen. So back in school reunion, we had Rose and Sarah Jane, and with them, the point that was emphasised was that the Doctor hadn't talked about Sarah Jane to Rose. Um, and, you know, at least River gets uh, get proof here that the Doctor has talked about her. Um, again, I think... Um, I think there is a sense of River's obviously a more recent companion um, compared to Clara um, in contrast to like Sarah Jane was several hundred years before Rose. I do think that's a, um, a point to bear in mind but but I prefer to think about the emotion of it. <laughs> 
Um, and then the other companion meeting we get is um, Martha and Donna in um, in Sontaran episodes. And then Donna and Rose in um, Stolen Earth where Donna knew all about both Martha and Rose. Um, so, yeah, the Doctor's still there with, like... He, he is talking about his previous companions to his current one, which is good because they're his best friends. Um, I wonder if Clara knows about Amy and Rory. I wonder. Um, yeah, but there is definitely the implication from this meeting that the doctors probably talked about River in a oh yes, this archaeologist friend of mine, rather than, oh yes, my wife. Which is further confirmed with the whole uh, thing about River's grave being an entrance to the tomb and the doctor says, you know, they'd never, they'd never bury my wife out here and Clara did not realise that. Um, so yeah, we have Clara and River meeting. Of course, about at that point, everything kicks off in the plot. So we don't see Clara and River get to do the bonding that we got from the other companion meeting, which is a shame because although River's still following Clara about, River's very much being um being a plot driver here, which is fine, um. But yeah, we it 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 does mean they never actually get to connect with one another which is a bit of a shame. Um, having said that, I absolutely have the headcanon that Vastra, Jenny, River and Clara all go and hang out in that conference call from time to time. Um, I think, yeah, I think they, they do that, whether that's, like I said before, whether that's helping Vastra and Jenny with adventures or whether it's just them hanging out and talking about their adventures and talking about the Doctor, I don't know, but that is absolutely my headcanon. And we have nothing to contradict that in the series. So I will take that forward. <laughs> um, it's great. Four queer women as well. I mean, well, okay. Vastra and Jenny are obviously queer. Um, Clara, as far as I'm concerned, she's bisexual. I think that's quite clear in the, uh, in, 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 in the actual episode. River, I can't remember whether... Uh, she does make that joke about Cleopatra, but also, like, yeah, she's queer. I'm... Yeah. Um, anywho. Let's move on from my headcanons, and let's talk about the emotional theme. So... Clara has just sacrificed herself and the Doctor is formulating this plan that is very dangerous to jump into his own time stream um, and he knows it's very dangerous and River is distraught and trying to convince him not to do that and the Doctor suddenly 
turns and looks at her. And they get to say goodbye. Um, it, oh, it's a great scene. Um, I'm going to talk about two parts of it. So the first part I'm going to talk about is uh, the following exchange, which is, um, so the doctor reveals that he's seen her before. Which, I mean, I have questions around the mechanics of that and exactly how that works. But also, I don't care. <laughs> we get this emotion and, like, there's some there's something poetic in this idea of... In the idea that people you, you love are still there, um and interacting with your life and watching over you like that's a very poetic idea that's an idea that like you know we kind of have in in real life to some extent in in um various spiritual things um so like the poetry of it meaning i'm not too bothered about the mechanics of it but yeah so the doctor confirms that like he's seen her before but has never spoken to her and never let on that he can see her and river asks why didn't you speak to me the doctor says i thought it would hurt too much river replies i believe i could have coped and the doctor says no i thought it would hurt me which is heartbreaking the comparison I would like to make is to the broken wrist scene in Angels Take Manhattan, um, which is not, which is not a parallel that has occurred to me before. Um, so in the broken wrist scene in Angels, um, the Doctor heals River's wrist, but there's the moment when he says to her, "Oh." Um, it must hurt and River says that being in love with the doctor hurts and the wrist is pretty bad too and all the doctor does is, is, is heal her wrist he, he doesn't offer her any emotional reassurance he couldn't you know he wasn't at the stage where he could share his emotions with River but here he does here here, when he says, I thought it would hurt too much, River, again, thinks she's talk thinks that the Doctor is talking about, um, about hurting River and not wanting to hurt River. And the Doctor turns that around and goes, no, it would hurt me as well. So, he is here showing the depths of feeling that he has for River that that he couldn't show in Angel Take Manhattan. Um, and I don't know whether that's because, you know, at this moment there is this chance that he's about to die and won't get another chance, um, which can obviously spur these kind of emotional things. Um, there is also the possibility that, like I said earlier, I think Eleven hasn't seen River in a while. Um, and I 
think he doesn't have any more adventures with her. Um, so it's possibly a case of um, not having seen her in a while and going, okay, I need to, I need to share this stuff with her. Um, but yeah, just this scene is beautiful. Um, that kiss is lovely. Um, it's, it's just, yeah, their emotional connection is, is just so lovely. Um, it, it's the bit that makes me love River's story. Um, yeah and see this is also this is why it's hollow when eleven in particular starts flirting with other people where when it's more kind of surface level because like because this incarnation is is in love with river with this yeah deep emotional connection and obviously he's you know he's much longer lived they don't have a typical relationship like they are probably like they are kind of a polyamorous relationship but there's a difference between Eleven forming other genuine emotional connections and him just flirting with um, people that he thinks is attractive um, and the contrast between him flirting at that, at that surface level versus scenes like this um, with River it just it just makes it makes the flirting jar for me um, yeah so that's the first part of that scene that I want to talk about, the other scene is, is the actual goodbye. And again, we have a comparison to make with Angels Take Manhattan. Because the doctor actually asks River how he should say goodbye. And Amy and Rory's departure was very much about him not dealing well with endings or goodbyes and and River references this, this earlier in the episode I think in the conference call of him not not liking ending oh yeah when Vastra asks if, if the doctor has contacted River um yeah she says no he doesn't like endings um but here he can he, he can see that she needs something and so he asks her what he should do um, so he's learnt to ask for help when he doesn't know what to do, finally. Um, and yeah, it's lovely. This scene really restores the tragedy of the story of the Doctor and River. Um, which is odd, given that it's like late in both of their time streams. You know, this is the latest we've ever seen River. And um, it well, at the time of watching it, we didn't think we'd see River again. We didn't think the Doctor would see River again. Um, but yeah, it restores this tragedy of 
they finally have a moment when they both know everything and they're finally confronting that moment that they need to say goodbye and know that it's going to be goodbye um yeah it's uh so in my diary at the time I wrote that this was like that this was you know the last time for both of them um I think I was specifically talking about the kiss there but um but yeah the last time they interact for both of them and yes that doesn't turn out to be true but um but yeah there is, there is a sense of it coming full circle here um I'm not exactly sure why it should come full circle in this episode um I suppose you couldn't have it in the Angel of Tate Manhattan because that would have taken focus off Amy and Rory and also um yeah could have gone a bit sticky oh sorry side note I'm just wondering whether the Doctor ever told Amy and Rory what happened to River and Silence in the library. I'm going to guess no. But that's kind of heartbreaking. Um, yeah. There is something that's very fitting for the Doctor where he can't say what he feels about her until he's saying goodbye. Um, and there's something very fitting about River that she knows it anyway without him needing to say it. Um, yeah. This would have been a very fitting and satisfying end for River. Um, and I did think it was the end at the time I absolutely thought that this was the coda to River's story um but of course we do get husbands which we will get to in the rewatch at some point um and I am glad that we got the husbands of River song um like the Derillium story was a missing piece and I think if, if, so it's now, it's now 10 years on from Name of the Doctor. And I think if I was watching it now and Husbands of River Song hadn't have happened, I would probably be sitting here going, well, that was a satisfying ending to River, but we still don't get the Derillium story. Um, so yeah, I like that we see her again. Um, and like I say, I've just listened to the Big Finish River and Tenth Doctor um, story, which which is probably why I've talked so much about River here. I'm having a lot of feelings about River this this weekend. Um, but yeah, I've just listened to that, and I think I am gonna um, look at some of the other River Song Big Finish stuff. Um, I, I believe that stuff with her and unit and stuff and um I, I I I may I may dive into that. But yes. 
Thank you very much for listening. The email address for this podcast is HelenTalksWho uh, at gmail.com. Please do get in touch if you have any commentary. I would love to hear from you. Next time, I will be watching Day of the Doctor, the anniversary story, 50th anniversary. Um, Yeah, 10 years ago, pretty much. Um, See you then.